my name is Marty Church. I'm glad you can join me again today. Have you ever packed into the wilderness on horseback? It's great. Come with me and enjoy the ride. Here, you not only feel close to our great creator, but you feel the presence of his wonderful recreative power. You see, Jesus has not only created us, but he also sustains us physically and spiritually. That is, if we allow him to. Few people realize that Jesus is not only our Savior, but he is also our Creator. The Book of Heaven says, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. The sun, the moon, and the stars, the earth with all its beauty, was made by him who came to earth, and we knew him as Jesus the Christ. That same power that made you and me is the power that it takes to change us from sinners to saints. The fact is, there's no way we can change ourselves into good people. Jesus says, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Only he that abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. This is so important. That's why you've heard me talk about it before. Just like Jesus creates the branch of a tree, so he created you and me. But he goes beyond the branch to create the fruit. That also is brought about by his power. Look at the beauty of the wildlife from the largest to the smallest creatures. 
This area here is known for the abundant population of the black bear. They have all been created by God. Likewise, it takes Jesus' creative power in our lives to give us the desire to be humble and willing to follow God's ways. I came to the law profession quite late in life, and I have uh, never regretted it, really. Uh, I think that God has been leading me in, 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 in this direction for a long time. Earlier in my life, uh, I was, uh, uh, along with the other people on my reserve, was, uh, didn't have too much respect for the law, really. Uh, the Native Indians in, uh, on my reserve uh, used to make a game out of trying to outwit the uh, police and the, and the other law officers there. It was uh, something that uh, we thought was just uh, a good, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of sport. But my ideas have changed about that. As I thought about the Ten Commandments, I began to realize that really God was thinking a little bit more than that we should just simply uh, make sure that we stayed within the uh, letter of that law that he had given to us, but rather we need to think about how we accept it in our hearts, what it does for us, and what it, how it can be uh, used to make our lives a little bit better, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more joyful. And as I thought of that, I began to change my whole attitude toward, toward the law. One thing that has been really helpful in this, and that is when the Sabbath comes. You know, the Sabbath is a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing that God has given to us. It is something that, that uh, we can look forward to each week when, when the world just seems to tumble in upon us and things just uh, don't go right. We can look forward to the Sabbath day as an expression of God's love. And because we know when, when that Sabbath time comes, we can just pull away part in the world. We can just draw a little closer to God and share His strength and be rejuvenated because of that wonderful feeling of closeness that we have there that comes from the Sabbath day. So to me that has been, that has been I think, one of the highlights of, of uh, law. God didn't give us a Sabbath just to remember that he is the creator, although that is very important, but he given it to us also to remember that he's the person that can recreate it. He's the God that can recreate us. And recreation is what I think can prepare us for that time when he comes again to claim his own. As I look about in the world today, I am convinced that Jesus Christ is coming soon. So many of the signs that are here show us that. They are the things that he talked about when he was here on earth. And I just know that his law, this law of love, will prepare each one of us to be ready when that time comes. The first time I saw Vicky, she was, we were in the bar, me and a friend of mine, and when we walked in and sat down, we sat right near a divider near the women's washroom. And just after we got sat sitting down there, there was a, a big commotion over by the women's washroom. And I looked over there, and there was five women all in a circle. And right in the middle was this one short little woman. And she was just kicking and punching every which direction. And her feet weren't even on the ground. And these women were just punching and pulling her hair. And it was just a real free-for-all. The funny part about it is she was actually winning. 
these ladies ended up leaving her alone just because she had uh, kicked and punched and scratched her way out of it. Tremendous impression on my mind. I, I can't say that it made me think I'd like to marry her, but it was actually kind of an impressive sight. Uh, if you'd have told me at that moment that I was going to be marrying her a few years later, I would have told you you're crazy. I came home and one night after work and she laid there in bed next to me and she very quietly told me that she'd uh, given her heart to Jesus Christ. And all I can remember is thinking, this is great. And it, it has been. I, I've seen such a change in her, it's just unbelievable. The fierce anger that was present almost all the time, the quick explosive temper, uh, just a willingness to do anything if it meant it would help her get even, that's gone. And change has been just unbelievable. In the setting that I grew up in, I come from a, a very big family. I have 11 brothers and five sisters and grew up on a reserve in Lytton, BC. And there was definitely many opportunity for all kinds of abuse, which unfortunately I was victim to some of that. And I found in my later years, having to deal with that became very difficult. Uh, in the beginning of my marriage, it just seemed so hard to deal with even the simplest of communication skills or anything along that line. And I tried many things to overcome a lot of the difficulties that I had to go through. And I just found failure over and over again. I got so tired of it all, frustrated with trying to work out my own frustrations and my last ditch effort in trying to make our marriage work, I decided that I would turn it to the Lord. So I started studying my Bible and I learned how to give all this to the Lord, the Creator who made all the beautiful things. I learned how to have peace with Him. I have discovered that I have His recreative power and strength throughout the whole week when I remember to keep His Sabbath day holy. God is willing and able to give you new purpose and direction to your life too. I know for a fact that there have been many habits, particular habits that I've wrestled with in the past, in trials that I've gone through that I would have never made it without Jesus. I remember particular habits and problems that I wrestled with for years, trying to work out on my own. And it wasn't until I surrendered to the Lord and said, Lord, I have done everything I can. And if there's anything going to be worked out in this, you're going to have to do it. And when I did that, I had victory. Only the miracle creative power of God can change you and me. That's why we worship him. Because he's not only our creator, but also our savior. He deserves our worship. The principle lies in whether I look to myself for answers or I look to Jesus. 
the greatest thing that we must remember is that only Jesus has the right answer. He should know. He made us. But you say, how do I remember this? How do I remember the great principle that God is our creator and helper? The Lord has given us something to help us never to forget it, and it's found right in the heart of the Ten Commandments. The Fourth Commandment tells us to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So what does God say in this commandment? He says that we are to remember to keep holy the seventh day. You see, when we consistently remember that our Creator is there with His power and His strength to help us with every need, we are going to be more inclined to consistently turn to Him for wisdom and for help and for love. When we do this, God will help cut short a thousand struggles and He'll prepare us to be righteous citizens of that new heavenly country. Now, how does the Book of Heaven present this subject of the Seventh-day Sabbath rest? Interestingly, it is a subject that runs strongly right from the beginning of the Bible, clear through to the end. It all starts at the very beginning of creation in the very first chapters of the Bible. Genesis chapter 2 tells us, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done and rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. The reason God has given us this day of rest is to help us to forever remember that he is the one that gives us every heartbeat and every breath we take. Like the rest of creation that depends upon God for their existence, we too depend totally upon him day by day and hour by hour. Take for instance the buffalo that depend upon the creator for their food and water as they roam from place to place. Likewise, our ancestors who lived in this area were keenly aware of their daily dependence upon the Great Spirit. So today, the Great Creator God sustains our life in the same way. We must depend upon Him to meet our every need. As we go through the Old Testament, we find that God instructed His people to keep the Sabbath as a sign between him and them that they may always remember that he is the Lord. God was very explicit in having the early believers remember the Holy Sabbath day. For example, when the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, 
The Creator rained manna, or angel food, from heaven every day but the seventh day. On Friday, the day before, however, He had them gather a double portion to remind them that they were to rest and not to work on the seventh day. They were to worship in recognition that the Lord God was their Creator and Redeemer. We come now from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and the first thing we come to is the story of Jesus. The Book of Heaven tells us in Luke 4, verse 16, that it was Jesus' custom to keep holy the seventh-day Sabbath. In Mark 2, verse 27, the Scripture tells us that Jesus says that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. What he meant here is that the Sabbath was not to be a burden, but to be a blessing to us. He made it clear that it was made for all men regardless of nation, tribe, or nationality. It wasn't just for the Jews. The Sabbath was given to Adam and Eve as a gift at the end of the creation week for all mankind. Jesus declared himself in Mark 2 verse 28 as the Lord of the Sabbath. Here he acknowledged himself as our Creator and the one who gave us the Sabbath in the beginning of time. That is why in the fourth commandment he tells us to remember the Sabbath day. He is asking us to recall or to remember what he did for us at the very beginning of time. He commanded us to keep the Sabbath day holy. In John chapter 1, the book of heaven plainly tells us that Jesus is our creator. It says, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. We find that even at his death, Jesus rested as an example in the grave over the Sabbath hours. During this time, all the universe contemplated with amazement what he had accomplished at the cross. It's the same today. The Sabbath still remains a day of remembrance over what Jesus has done for us and is willing to do for us with his great recreative power. Oftentimes people ask, can we know which day is the seventh day of the Bible? We can know it this way. When Jesus died, we find that he died on what we call Good Friday. And he arose on what we call Easter Sunday. The Bible said that he rested in the tomb during the Sabbath day, which was the day between. Now, as we move on through the rest of the New Testament, we find many writings of Paul. It's interesting to note that there are 84 references where Paul himself kept the seventh-day Sabbath holy. In Hebrews chapter 4, Paul teaches that if we will let the Great Spirit lead us and turn our hearts towards God, we will desire to keep God's seventh-day Sabbath holy. Some people say, won't any other day work as well as the Sabbath day? Can't we go to church on any day? Well, you may, but in verse 8 of Hebrews 4, Paul says if God intended us to keep any other day as the Sabbath, 
he would have told us. He knew that for every good thing that God would give us, Satan, the great deceiver, would have a counterfeit to try to get us not to believe what Jesus has told us. Paul invites us to enter into this rest in recognition of God as our Creator and Savior every seventh day. Finally, we find that the seventh-day Sabbath will be kept by God's people in heaven throughout eternity. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 23, we are told that it will come to pass in the new earth that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh will come to worship before me, says the Lord. So if we're going to be keeping the Sabbath throughout eternity, shouldn't we be keeping it now? Jesus said plainly, if you love me, keep my commandments. You can see that the teaching of the Sabbath is a consistent teaching throughout the whole book of heaven. It starts at creation and goes through the Old Testament, written by God's own finger on the Ten Commandments. We see it in the teachings of Jesus and the apostles of the New Testament. We see that we will be keeping the Seventh-day Sabbath in heaven throughout all eternity. The important thing about this whole subject is that of remembering. Remembering where all of our strength comes from. The Sabbath teaches us the greatest principle of life. And that is, without God, we can do nothing. Just like his creative power, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't even exist. Jesus is coming soon, and he's preparing his people to be citizens of that new land. It's so important to understand that only he can change us. All we can do is allow him to do so. If you want to develop a loving relationship with someone, it requires a commitment of time. So likewise, it takes time to form a closeness with God. God has set aside a special holy time for this, and he calls this time the Seventh-day Sabbath. Isn't God's handiwork awesome? Now all of us should spend time with God every day, but God especially invites us to meet with him on his holy Sabbath day a day that he has especially set aside and blessed for you and for me. Our job is to be obedient and open to our Creator. This is why he says in the last few verses of the Bible, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. I invite you to pray about this. You see, it is part of God's plan in preparing us for eternity. He has placed this subject right in the middle of his great ten rules for us to live by. He promises to everyone that if you will learn to call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable and delight yourself in the Lord on his holy day, he will cause you to ride on the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of your fathers, which is eternal life. It is a time of rest. It is a time of remembering why we worship. It is a time of family fellowship, 
a time to teach our children of God's ways and a time for spreading the good news of God's love towards others. It is so important that we remember. You know, it's so much like my wedding anniversary. It's a memorial to the day that my wife and I united our love and our lives forever. It's the same way with a memorial to our Lord. He has set aside a day in which He says a special to Him. Now, if I took these flowers and presented them to my wife on June 8th instead of June 6th when our anniversary is, and I would to say, here, sweetheart, happy anniversary. What do you think she would say? Well, she would say, hey, bud, I was waiting day before yesterday, and you weren't there. How do you think God feels when we miss the day that he has set aside especially for us, a day of loving communion and unity with him? Wouldn't you like to join God on his holy special day? He'll be waiting for you there. He'll bless you. He'll sanctify you. Don't let him down. Do it this week. Until we meet around my campfire again, let only the good spirit guide you.